your psychological state, right? Your assumption that you are the man you desire to be pulls you ahead to some place that you aren't necessarily physically, right? So you're there psychologically. Then your senses, right? Which are kind of your, your links or your anchors in the 3D world, 3D physical world will pull you back, right? All right, welcome back to another episode of Daily Neville. I am your host, Josiah Brandt, and Daily Neville is a daily show all about breaking down the teachings of Neville Goddard, making them easy to understand, easy to apply in 20 minutes or less. Today, we are continuing with The Power of Awareness, and this is Chapter 9, and Chapter 9 is titled, Preparing Your Place. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine. John 17, 10. Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Revelations 14, 15. Neville writes, all is yours. Do not go seeking for that which you are. Appropriate it. Claim it. Assume it. Everything depends upon your concept of yourself. That which you do not claim as true of yourself cannot be realized by you. Right? So preparing your place, right? So we've learned a lot about Neville's teachings so far in this series. And we've gotten to the point where we're learning that all is ours, right? Everything depends upon our self-concept right? Everything depends on what we claim as true about ourselves. Everything comes down to our assumption. And Neville says, do not go seeking for that which you are, right? Because you are already the man, the woman, the human that you desire to be. It's already in there. You've already got everything you're looking for. All that you're looking for, all that you're seeking is within. It is simply a matter of moving from a state of looking, right? Or searching or trying to get and moving into a state of being and having, right? Move into the state of being and having, assuming that you are, so being, and assuming that you have, having, right? And that's the key. And he says, everything depends on this. Everything depends on your concept of yourself. And what you do not claim is true of yourself, you will never realize, right? You must claim that it is true of yourself in order to be able to realize it. This is the secret of consciousness. Only what consciousness is aware of can be real and experienced by consciousness. Neville writes, the promise is, whosoever hath, to him it shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away, even that which he seemeth to have. Now, I remember as a child listening to this Bible verse and finding it very confusing. If you have something, then you have more of it, and you will continue to get more abundance. But if you don't have something, even that which you have will be taken away from you. How much sense does that make? It only makes sense when it is applied in this level of understanding, right? So this is the idea of turning the water of literal interpretation into the wine of spiritual application, right? So whosoever hath to him, it shall be given, right? So if I'm in the state where I have the thing that I desire, to, to me, being in that state, I shall receive that thing and I'll have more abundance, right? But if I'm in a state where I do not have something, if I'm in a state of lack or of limitation, right? And I'm embodying that state, then even that which I have right now, 
I will lose. I will be taken away from me, right? Because I'm not in the state of ownership of it. Right? I'm in a state of lack. I don't even know that I have it. I'm so focused on being in a state of lack. I don't even know that I have it. And thus, I don't have it. And thus, even that which I do think that I have is taken away, right? So this Bible verse does make sense, but only when applied in the light of understanding, and I should say in inner standing, right? They're the light of internal interpretation. Neville writes, hold fast in your imagination. Hold fast in your imagination to all that is lovely and of good report. For all that is lovely and good are essential in your life if it is to be worthwhile, right? If your life is to be worthwhile, you must hold fast to all that is lovely and good, right? That is the measure of a worthwhile life from what Neville is saying here. We must hold fast to all that is lovely and of good report. We must assume it. We must assume that because we are the creative power of the universe embodied in flesh, we must assume that that means that we are here to experience that which is good and that which is lovely, right? And by assuming it, we make it a reality for us. Neville writes, you do this by imagining that you already are what you want to be and already have what you want to have, okay? So imagination, it's the operative power here, right? We're operating the creative power, which is our imagination. And we're using our imagination to imagine that we already are. Remember I said, it's having and being, not wanting and trying to get. It's having and being. That is the state to embody. So we imagine that we already are, that's, that's being, and we already have, that's having. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Right? So the state, the state that you're embodying in your heart, right? who you believe yourself to be, that is who you are. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Be still and know that you are that which you desire to be. And you will never have to search for it. Now, the key of that sentence is the first part. Be still and know. Be still and know, right? The busyness of the external world will distract us from this state, but we must be still and know. We must rest in the Lord, right? Rest in the desired state. Rest in knowing that we are what we desire to be. In spite of your appearance of freedom of action, you obey, as everything else does, the law of assumption. Whatever you may think of the question of free will, the truth is your experiences throughout your life are determined by your assumptions, whether conscious or unconscious. We're all making assumptions all of the time about everything, right? Some of these assumptions are consciously made, consciously assumed. Others of these assumptions are unconsciously made or unconsciously assumed. But whatever we think is true for us about free will, Neville says the real truth is that our experiences throughout life are determined by our assumptions. Now, we talked about this at length in the episode titled Assumptions, right? We talked about the power of assumptions. Neville writes, an assumption builds a bridge of incidents that lead inevitably to the fulfillment of itself. Right now, this this 
I can think of so many examples from my own personal life of how this is true. An assumption builds a bridge of incidents, right? So you can you can begin to assume, right, that you have a certain skill set. And next thing you know, you start to uh, research how to cultivate that skill set further. Next thing you know, you're looking at schools for that skill set, right? Next thing you know, you're enrolled in a school for that skill set. Maybe you traveled across the country, right, to explore this skill set. And next thing you know, you assume that you're pretty good at it, right? So you start looking for jobs that will that will acknowledge, you know, allow you to apply and acknowledge your skill set, right? And so next thing you know, you are professionally a person who uses that skill set and is paid to apply that skill set. And where did it all start? It all began with an assumption. It all began with an assumption. And now your entire life has been shaped by what started as this tiny little seed of an assumption. An assumption builds a bridge of incidents that lead inevitably to the fulfillment of itself. Man believes the future to be the natural development of the past. But the law of assumption clearly shows that this is not the case, right? So he's saying the future did not come as a natural development of the past. No, the future actually was shaped by your assumptions, right? So Neville says, your assumption places you psychologically where you are not physically. Then your senses pull you back from where you were psychologically to where you are physically, right? Okay, so your psychological state, right? Your assumption that you are the man you desire to be pulls you ahead to someplace that you aren't necessarily physically, right? So you're there psychologically. Then your senses, right, which are kind of your your links or your anchors in the 3D world, 3D physical world, will pull you back, right? Because psychologically, you're over here. Then you measure something with your senses. You're like, oh, I'm actually physically here, right? So at this point, you have paved the way or you've built the bridge psychologically, right? But physically, you're still back here. And then what he says is, When your senses pull you back from psychologically to where you are physically, it is the psychological forward motions that produce your physical forward motions in time. And he says, this is not unique. You know, it's not unique to him saying this. He says, precognition permeates all of the scriptures of the world, right? So in order to get from here to there, I have to go there first psychologically. And my movement psychologically predetermines my movement physically. Right now, this is a mystical secret, right, and something that will reveal itself to you as you sit with this idea. Practice moving somewhere psychologically, and then allow your senses to pull you back physically to where you are physically, and then notice how your psychological forward movement predetermined your physical forward movement. He gives a quote here from John fourteen two three and twenty nine. He says, "In my Father's house are many mansions." If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may also be. And now I have told you before it came to pass that when it is come to pass, you might believe. Now, this is an example of precognition in the Bible. The teaching of precognition, the teaching of this idea of move there psychologically first, prepare your place, prepare your mansion first, and then psychologically, and then allow the physical world, the movements to carry you forward into that psychological place. Neville writes, the I in this quotation 
is your imagination, right? I go to prepare a place for you. The imagination is preparing the place. The I in this quote is your imagination, which goes into the future, into one of the many mansions. A mansion is a state desired. Telling of an event before it occurs physically is simply feeling yourself into the state desired until it has the tone of reality. You go and prepare a place for yourself by imagining yourself into the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Right? So you go there ahead of time and you imagine what it feels like. And that's the feeling of the wish fulfilled. And that's also preparing the place. That's preparing the mansion. Then, Neville writes, you speed from this state of the wish fulfilled, where you have not been physically, back to where you were physically a moment ago. Then, with an irresistible forward movement, you move forward across a series of events to the physical realization of your wish, that where you have been in imagination, there you will be in the flesh also. So that series of events, that's what Neville describes as the bridge of incidents, right? So this idea is, is that you move there psychologically first, then you come back to where you are physically, but you've prepared the place, right? So then the story plays out, the story that is the, you know, the so-called external reasons why we move from here to there, right? There's always a story. It always makes perfect sense in retrospect, right? The, the reasons, right? Logically, it always makes sense. But we know what the first cause was. And the first cause was we went there in our imagination. We dwelt there in our imagination. And that is what impelled this forward movement. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, there they return again. Ecclesiastes 1.7. And that's how Neville concludes this chapter, preparing your place. I have a prompt for you. What are you doing to prepare your place? Are you living in the feeling of the wish fulfilled? Let me know in a comment below. Are you enjoying this? What did you learn today? Right? This is an opportunity to reinforce this for your own consciousness, as well as give a gift to the others who will be reading your comments. Tap the thumbs up button to help other people find these teachings and make sure you subscribe to this channel so that you get Daily Neville tomorrow. Imagine wisely, my friends, and I'll see you in the next. Thank you.